0: You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980cfpl.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, City Farming, addressing new ways to think about food in urban settings. This show will discuss managing food waste in the city and composting. It's my sincere pleasure to introduce to you Jay Stanford, Director of Climate Change, Environmental and Waste Management at the City of London. Welcome, Jay. Well,
0: good morning, Peggy, and thanks for having me on your show this morning.
1: Really, really happy to have you. Jay, there's a lot going on in many cities across Canada to help individuals manage waste. And what are some of the City of London's? London's priorities? I think
0: probably three big ones come to mind. Uh, We are going through a transition program with our recycling system in 2023, but it'll actually be paid for entirely by industry. Therefore, there might be some changes in the near future, but nothing to worry about. It'll all be good news. And in fact, over years, we like to think that more materials will be added to the program. A couple other big projects that we're looking at, the expansion to our landfill site. We're going through a very comprehensive uh, environmental assessment process uh, under the Environmental Assessment Act. It's a provincial piece of legislation. And Peggy, the thing that we're talking about today, tackling food waste is a high priority for the city of London.
1: Great, so lots of opportunity and potential innovation there, which is really good news. And certainly food waste. It's something that wears on my mind and we're starting to get interested listeners on, well, what can I do and how can we manage things? So perfect show today. And you mentioned expanding the landfill site. What happens to food waste when it's disposed in a regular garbage?
0: Well, right now, uh, the majority of food waste ends up in that garbage bag at the end of your driveway or if you're in an apartment building down the chute into the bin at the basement from there it goes to the landfill site. In the landfill it is buried and that's where kind of some of the problems begin because when you bury food waste along with other materials you're starting to have biological reactions that go on and essentially the material starts to break down and it creates a methane gas. We refer to it as landfill gas but landfill gas contains two primary materials. Methane which is a very potent green house gas and carbon dioxide. So these two items, of course, are created in part because of food waste being in the landfill site. Now, fortunately, we do have a landfill gas recovery system. So we're able to capture about 60 to 70% of the gas that is created at the landfill. 30% still escapes. So that's that is not good news. It is about food waste and what we can do to first reduce it. And then eventually the green bin arrives in London, and that will help reduce some of these impacts.
1: Okay, well, I'm really glad that we're talking about this- today, because there's this uh, assumption, well, you know, food will break down. And when we look at our own garbage, we think, well, you know, that's not that much. But you know, collectively, even across the world globally, with the food waste that's occurring, and you mentioned methane, gas and carbon that is getting out into the stratosphere. And do you have a sense of some of the statistics for how much food waste there is in London?
0: Yes. And and because of the issue of it, we, we have been studying it for a number of years. And let me tackle kind of, I think, three different things. First, let's understand how much is there. The average person we'll put out a bag of garbage. And in that bag, it'll be 35% by weight food waste. We do waste composition studies to determine this. And this is consistent in other municipalities as well. When you look at that 35%, that amounts to about 30,000 tons or about 10 garbage trucks a day of food waste. So the amount is significant. Now that 35% can be broken down even further. And this is the important part here. Two thirds of it is avoidable food waste. Food waste that really shouldn't be there in the first place. Avoidable food waste would be a sandwich that you chose not to eat. So you tossed in the garbage. Avoidable food waste would include uh, you put too much on your plate and therefore you scraped the whole plate full of good food into the garbage because you had nowhere to store it. That is avoidable. There are impacts associated with that. And I guess that's my point number two. When you look at the food system, we grow food. Of course, that takes water and energy. Of course, you have to transport food to communities. Food is then through the distribution system in an urban or rural setting. And then, of course, there's the food waste we just talked about. Each one of those activities uses energy, energy in the form quite often of fossil fuel. So our food system is contributing to the greenhouse gas problem, which, of course, is our climate change problem. And the numbers are astronomical. Anywhere between about 23% and upwards of 33% of greenhouse gases in the world come from our food system. When you waste food, you're wasting all of that energy. And it's a major cause climate change. Now right here in London. So those were statistics for the world, but right here in London, if we look at that food and say to ourselves, what's the value of that? What are we placing in the garbage bag? Well, it turns out that the average household each year throws out between $450 and $600 of avoidable food. Never on purpose, I don't think anyways, but when you start looking at the statistics and you say across London, what does that actually mean? Well, somewhere between 80 and 100 million dollars per year of food is wasted and that's the value of the food in the garbage bag sent off to a landfill site so that to me is something that we really first have to shake our heads about but then say hey what are we going to do about that? And that to me is kind of those three big statistics that are so important in this kind of discussion.
1: Thank you for that, Jay. And I'm I'm just struck by the numbers that you just shared. And, and we're not necessarily even the largest municipality. And when we talk about two thirds by weight of the, the waste is, is food, and then also the economic and environmental burden of that, that it really is time to see what we all can do to move forward together. And on that note, many cities have implemented food waste management programs And what are some of the lessons learned from their programs, Jay, that the City of London could benefit from?
0: Well, of course, what comes to mind is is the green bin program. All municipalities are talking about food waste avoidance. But when it comes to the green bin, learning from other communities is really, really key for us. So we've learned to keep it simple. So as we roll out our green bin program late in 2022, the goal here is to keep it simple. We're going to be collecting food scraps and soiled papers, things that we believe people will understand. And we're going to really emphasize, put in the stuff that is unavoidable. Have a really close look at the avoidable part. We've also learned about participation. Participation does not um, match the blue box program. Blue box programs in other communities, as well as London, is anywhere between 90-95% and of people participating. Green bin systems tend to have between 60-70%. and 70%. So we are designing our system for about those percentages. The other big piece we learn from other communities is garbage needs to be collected every two weeks. And so that actually encourages you to, cut, to use the green been on a weekly basis. And why can we do this every two weeks? Let's face it, the smelly stuff, the food primarily, would go out on a weekly basis. So that's what encourages people to participate in the program. And I think the other thing we've learned from the communities, no matter how good you are at using the green bin on those hot, hot days, yes, there's going to be some odors, things are are not always going to be perfect. But we've also learned that many, many people just love programs like this, and, and they manage to endure those minor inconveniences.
1: And I think as long as we keep that North Star really clear, the reducing the environmental and the economic burden and just therefore contributing to the community in that way. And to some extent, the planet and humankind, because we're doing our part from our small homes. And I think another factor, Jay, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, is one of the most efficient ways to avoid food waste going into the garbage is to not waste it in the first place. So what are some of your thoughts on this? And
0: this has to be the number one priority. Myself and others here at the city, we hear from Londoners, they really want the green bin program. Many of them do. But we can't have that as a system that just collects the avoidable food waste and you feel satisfied. No, you've got to look at that food waste and and why it's created. It's surprising, Peggy, uh, the simple things that uh, can be undertaken that will reduce food waste, just like better planning of your meals. It's amazing what that contributes. The other one that uh, we often hear from people is that I I didn't have a a reusable container to store something. So all that means is make that part of your kitchen items. Make sure you've got a lot of reusable containers so that half-eaten meal can be put in the container. And eating the next day. The other thing that people often get confused on is how quickly perishable items do turn on you very quickly. So you've got to manage them correctly. And one of the best ways to do that is make sure you eat them first. Whatever it might be, and they're opened up and you've uh, cut into them, make sure you continue to eat that over the next couple of days. Don't wait too long because definitely a week later, they will not be what you thought they were. And what happens then? You toss them out, unfortunately. And the other one I think is, is so key is the amount of food people put on their plates portion control. It's good for your health. And let's face it, it helps to reduce food waste. And if you need a little more, get it after but you'd be surprised if you put the right amount on your plate that you're not going to the bin after and scraping away that food. Those are I think are really some of the real simple items you can do. And we all have to be grateful for those that have easy access to food um, because many do not too. So treasure that food you have show it some respect and some love, I guess is a good way of looking at it.
1: Show our food some respect and love. I'm going to remember that. And those are great tips, Jay. And I think that integrating those tips with the uh, green bin is sometimes you know we throw the food away it's in the garbage garbage goes but we have a bin and we can see oh my goodness the cumulative amount of food waste over a week it's it's not gone in an individual garbage bag it's there that you can see in your green bin it's educational and you can start to see what types of food you're throwing away all the time. So then you can start to put a specific strategy in place, whether it's the meats, as you said, or sometimes fruits and vegetables. So could we uh, find specific strategies to manage things? So the green bin can be educational as well and help us with that reduction in food waste. But those are all really, really great tips. Thank you, Jay. After the break, we'll talk about composting and London's green bin program with Jay Stanford, director of climate change, environment and waste management at the City of London. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist.
0: Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980cfpl.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill.
1: We're speaking with Jay Stanford from the City of London about composting and a green bin program for our city. Jay, most people have heard about composting before, but just to refresh our memories, what is this and why should we do it?
0: First, composting is a natural process. It's essentially the recycling of organic matter, such as leaves and the food scraps we've been talking about. And when it comes to food scraps at your home, you can put in you know, your potato peelings, peelings from carrots, your vegetables primarily. You shouldn't be putting your proteins like meat and fish into a home composter. So you have to understand what can go into the composting process. Composting is done in what's called aerobic condition, meaning oxygen is added in. And that's key because oxygen is part of the biological process, and that is essentially what happens naturally if you're in a forest, composting is somewhat taking place all around you. And then in a controlled environment, that's where the air and water and temperatures are, are controlled for composting. Anaerobic digestion, some call it anaerobic composting, is quite different. It is where you're actually controlling the decomposition through the use of microorganisms that don't require oxygen to survive. Your goal in an anaerobic system is actually to create energy And you are actually creating methane and you're trapping that methane and turning it into an energy resource, either for electrical production or turning it into renewable natural gas. So two types of composting, one's aerobic, one's anaerobic. Both these systems require food as a material coming in and both these systems create a resource on the way out. So that is probably the easiest way to talk about composting. It can get quite scientific, but at the end of the day, composting right in your own backyard is not scientific at all. It just requires a little bit of rolling up your sleeves and turning your compost pile to let some air into it from time to time.
1: Okay, so really, really good. Either way, it's something that you can do at home. And another great tip is to leave your meats and protein based items out of your composting. So thank you for that tip. There's many ways to compost food scraps and waste. And could you tell us about some of them?
0: Well, well the one we were just touching on, of course, home composting, very popular here in London, and very easy to do a lot of people focus on uh, leaf and yard waste. Um, and of course, those vegetable scraps. And we do sell through the city what are referred to as the home digesters. And so those are units that aren't composting units. It truly is a digestion unit, a household scale. And you can actually put pet waste in that as well. Reactions occur and you... Your, your material begins to disappear. It's quite amazing. It does require the right placement in your yard for all these items. Others actually focus on what's referred to as community composting, where a bunch of neighbours get together. And, you know, you can either do this at a community garden, very common here in London, or there are those that are looking at what are the possibilities of 10 neighbours getting together and having a, a central location where they can bring material. There's one or two of these cases here in London right now, an organisation known as Urban Roots, It's got a a bit of a community composting area where people do drop off their food scraps. So this is something that's growing in uh, interest right now with London. Vermicomposting, composting, the use of typically special worms that basically eat away at food scraps and other items and create worm castings. And there's a wonderful uh, program in place right now over at Western Fair, where they have a fairly large-scale vermicomposting operation and some excellent people there who are part of that program. And of course, then you get into those big centralized facilities, both the aerobic composting type facilities, and those can be indoor or outdoor. And of course, the anaerobic facilities, which are always indoor because those are the large vessel type facilities.
1: Okay, good. So lots of choices. And I'm sure that there's places where listeners can find out more about those but also I wanted to mention you had talked about Urban Roots and if listeners were interested and go to the archive shows on the 980 CFPL Food for the Future website, you can hear from uh, Miriam Walaji from Urban Roots who we talked to and also Will Wong from The Grove that you also mentioned who's with Terra Optima who's reducing the food waste by managing it with uh, a sophisticated uh, program. So thanks for mentioning them and I agree with you. They're wonderful programs. How encouraging to hear that we have some community members getting together and actually saying let's do something together. So that leads me, Jay, to... What do households need to take into consideration when planning to compost at home?
0: Well, I'll tell you the easiest thing you can do if your neighbor's composting right now and they're really enjoying it, copy whatever they're doing. It's often where do you put the composting unit in your backyard? You need some sunlight, you've got to watch how water might move through your backyards, helps to move water away from your home. You want your home composting unit to also be convenient to you that you can actually uh, look at it and see it and it's not too far to actually continue to use it even in the winter months. So location in your backyard is very, very key. And the other one too is you really have to learn about uh, the different materials that need to be mixed in. Some people talk about the browns and the greens and balancing your carbon and nitrogen ratios. It can sound sophisticated, but it's not. There's a lot of wonderful, wonderful resources on the internet to really make it a simple and pleasurable experience. And I'll tell you, for those that do it well, probably the biggest smile is when they harvest the compost material and put it right into their garden. There's your reward. And it can take up to a year for that material to occur. But after that, you've created your own soil basically. And uh, you can introduce that into your garden or spread it all over your lawn.
1: That's great. And you know, sometimes a pattern in the show comes up with guests, this sense of disconnection to the land, to the food system. And in composting, you've kind of got a, a circular system going. And to that point, London is looking into a green bin program. And can you tell us what stage the program is at?
0: Yeah, it's something I know that we're excited in about a year, bringing this to Londoners. So where we're at, Peggy, is we're we're getting into the final design stages. So here's what we know now is that uh, through consultation with the community and approval by council, we're going to focus on food waste and soil papers. We've decided on container size. It is going to be a 46 litre container. That is going to be the container for the curbside program. And so that will go to about 110,000 households in London. Included in that will be an indoor container. And that's just a small container that you would keep in the kitchen. And that's just to help with the the capture of the the food scraps. We've also confirmed that the program is going to be on a weekly basis for the green bin. Recycling and green bin every week. Garbage, as we talked about before, and we learned from other communities, will be every two weeks. Uh, You should be able to hold on to it that much longer because there'll be less of it and it won't be smelling. Our Education and Awareness Program will go through its final stages in mid-2022, and our goal is to start the implementation in late 2022, and it has to be done in phases. We're a very, very large city, so it'll be done in about two or three different waves. Uh, We're going through what's referred to as supply chain issues, and I'm sure a number of your listeners have heard those words in a whole variety of things. So it is causing some delays, and that is in part why we're going to be phasing in our program. So green bins, late 2022 in London is the current schedule. Uh, And as more details are available on all of this, we'll be publishing those as part of the early awareness to get that excitement going here in London, because we know it's been a long time coming and a lot of people are looking forward to this program.
1: I can imagine and what a lot of planning and organizing. So I think I'm looking forward to the green bin program. Um, It's wonderful that we're going to be able to do a weekly pickup, which is fantastic. And I agree with you that if you aren't putting your food waste and certain things in the garbage, there will be less of it and it won't smell. So you won't be wanting to get rid of the garbage. That sounds like a really well-coordinated program. If listeners were interested, where can they find out more about the London's green bin program right now?
0: We have details on our website. Probably the easiest way to get there is just go to London ca and use the search tool type in green bin and it will take you to the website that we'll be updating with further information as this program goes forward
1: so it's a great place to know and go and find out what's happening now and stay tuned as things progress and evolve what do we need from residents in order to have a successful program
0: without them we cannot have a successful program <laughs> and this is why we've taken some time to design it based on others and of course input from londoners the most important part for householders will be to put in the right materials. There will be a list of what can go in because if wrong materials are put in, it can actually contaminate the compost product or harm the digestion process. It's got to be the right materials. And, and that old phrase, when in doubt, leave it out. I guess there's two more, Peggy. It's the commitment. It will take some getting used to, no doubt about it. I'm I'm really looking for that sort of environmental commitment from people. We know we'll get it from some. It's going to be the group in the middle. They're going to have to realize that it takes a little bit of time and effort to do the right thing. And then I guess, as we talked about smiling when you create your own compost at home, you will definitely smile when you put out less garbage. It'll be an important contribution to reducing the amount of waste produced, no doubt about it. But more importantly, it'll be that climate change element. We're doing our part here again. And from a climate change perspective, Tackling that food waste system. So I think those are probably the three big things that we hope to make sure Londoners really understand as they begin to uh, absorb the requirements of the program, and then finally get started on the program.
1: I can't uh, help but be, you know, grateful that we've kind of ended where we started. And in this city alone, there's a significant amount of food waste. We can move the dial on that together. We're we're contributing to things that are important on the planet today. So thank you very very much for that, Jay. Is there a final message you'd like to share with listeners about managing managing food waste, composting, or the London Green Bin Program.
0: It starts with food waste avoidance. Let's get a good handle on that through most of 2022. Therefore, when the green bin finally arrives, you're only putting in the unavoidable part. That balance of both managing food waste avoidance and the green bin, I'll tell you, it's going to help your pocketbook and it's going to help, of course, the environment. What a great way to end the program, Peggy.
1: Right. And a lot of incentives, a great new year to look forward to on, on many fronts. So thank you, Jay, for everything you and the entire team at the city are doing. Uh, I learned a lot and I'm definitely going to do my part to help manage food waste. And thank you very much for sharing your expertise today.
0: And thank you so much for having me on.
1: Wonderful. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Jay Stanford, Director of Climate Change, Environment and Waste Management at the City of London. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? What one thing could your household do to avoid food waste? Something to do? Go ahead and implement the food waste strategy that you've just been talking about. Next week on the show, we return to the series, Back to the Future. We'll discuss the organic farming and standards with Carolyn Young, Executive Director of the Organic Council of Ontario. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future.
0: Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill. Airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.